0: I get here, like, get in the hallway and go, what in the world? Right, I go, like, people, too many people, too many people. Too many people is a good thing, you know, it works like this. If you don't like people, you're going to hate heaven. Um, but uh, so, so change your desires is what I'm going to say. Change your desires. There is no hunting club getaway in heaven. So anyway, um, I do want to celebrate, though, as we go. Number one, if it's your first time. Man, thank y'all so much for being here. You picked an absolute awesome day to be here. Yeah, you did. It is, uh, like Chelsea said, it is team day. And everybody out there is itching to answer anything you could ask, uh, say, or imagine. They're, they're itching to have an answer for for it all of why they get to do what they do. And, uh, and th- if they do well, uh, at the end of all, they're going to look at you and say, you should be a part of it. You should join with us. It is a life-giving. How many people would say, my life, I can't say, I spiritually grew and life-changing through serving? Yeah, I think that is really the bedrock of, uh, of my spiritual growth. Personally, I remember I remember one night, it was dark. It's I don't know if it was winter or summer or what. We were getting ready for a big bonfire and a youth event and a stage and party out back uh, one week. And there were no lights in the back. And so somebody had went and bought a bunch of wire. And this was back when we put them big 500-watt heat bulb things that I can't stand anymore up on some poles back there. I remember we were digging in the ground. And the guy, I was working with another guy who was older than me. And I remember all of a sudden just mid-trench, all of a sudden he just looked up at me out of nowhere. And he said, Danny, don't ever stop this. And I said, what do you mean? <laughs> and he said, the hands-on side of ministry. I was, man, I was barely saved. I was trying to figure out Jesus' last name still. I mean, I was, you know, and, and he's like, he said, don't ever neglect the hands-on ministry. And, uh, and I said, okay. And he said, it's the thing that has to be done that somebody's always doing for the benefit of somebody else that most people will never see, but they don't get to experience Jesus if there's not people here in the background. Don't ever neglect it. And uh, yeah, that's a good, and uh, it is something that I never let go of. I can say it was probably around about 2003-ish, somewhere in there, and uh, still rolls with me today. Also, just saying and talking about teams, I want to celebrate, take a minute, and celebrate the parking team, who's been doing a phenomenal, phenomenal job lately. Um, One of our our values is pursuing excellence in in all the team areas, whether it's kids' teams, nursery team, youth team, production team, parking team, greeting team, sign team, um, and some new ones that are developing here recently. But no matter what it is, it's pursue excellence in it, and I'm just amazed with how recently I've come up and I've seen no longer the cars getting backed up down the road. And I'm not seeing people come in because, you know, if it's your first time, we're always, what, last minute, right? And uh, and so we want, we seeing those awkward faces come up, like, I don't know what to do. And that breaks our heart. And so seeing the, the parking team that's calling during the week saying, hey, what needed in the parking situation? Do need a tractor out there? anything need to be updated before people get there? And seeing them parking, people for the one who comes last, not for the one who comes first. And that takes time, and it takes a lot of heart to say, you know, we know how we can help people get in the right place, so the person who comes last still gets served just like they showed up first. And uh, so shout out to you, parking Team. Thank you all so, so, so much. Awesome. Um, today, today we're excited about what God has in store. Today is a week three in a series called what if, and what that means is I have been talking for three weeks and my name is Danny and I get the privilege to do a lot of that, but we have covered in the first week, what if I never complained again? And it was like, whoa, and some people are looking, probably nudging and saying, yeah, what if you, memory you said that too, what happened? So it's a refresher, there it was. Um, you know what, we grow, we grow together, right? We grow together. Um, and then the next, last week, was says, you know what, what if I took the whole thing? What if I took the whole Bible into college? What if I didn't just pick the parts that bring comfort, but I also picked the parts that brought confrontation? That led me into the identity more so of Christ, where God is leading me. And we dealt with the issue of forgiveness in a really, really big way. And how Peter said, Should I forgive seven times because that's a perfect number? And Jesus is like, "How about 490 times today for the same person for the same offense?" So it's like every two minutes and 55 seconds, they get another forgiveness, even though it's a repeat. And he taught in the freedom that would give, and became the greatest leader of people discovering forgiveness in Christ in the early days of the church. Today, though, we're going to go a little different. I want to ask, you know, because the "what if" question is a valid question what if can go a couple of different ways i want to survey if i can how many people are like glass half full kind of people you're like it's gonna work out it's gonna be all right hang on baby we're gonna get through this you know if you're a guy and you're like a redneck enough you got a lot of four-wheel drives in your rear view because of that because you're like we got it and you didn't and uh you know, glass half full people, where you at? Represent, because you're going to need to encourage some people in just a minute. Because I know my glass half empty people do not answer quite as well. So if I have, I, I learned this in the 9 o'clock service. Um, so if you're like, man, you know, to be honest, I'm a glass half empty kind of person. I'm like, a, you know, I just don't know how we're going to get through this. And I don't know how it's going to work out. What if, you know, what if it all goes bad? And what if we get kicked out and we have to live off eating grass the rest of our life? How many half full people, I mean half empty people do I have? Yeah, I see it. Man, it's a, it's a wrestle. See, and there's a lot of people who didn't answer, so we know you're the half-empty. I told you you wouldn't answer. Um, what if it can go two different ways? It can go like this. What if I can't? And what if it doesn't work? And what if this does not turn into all that we thought it would be? And what if they say no? And what if this is a dumb choice? And what if we regret it when it's over? My what ifers? You know, as a kid, as a teenager, as a pre-Jesus person, man, my what-if questions were totally different than what they are now. In Christ, we get a new set of what ifs. Before Christ, it was it, it was things like, you know, what what if we get caught? What if we go to jail? And what if what if my parents stay up and have a lot of consciousness when I get home and recognize things? What if they smell what I'm trying to hide? You know, what if, what, what if somebody else finds out? Those pre-Jesus questions are always on that side. But you know, one of our values, like I said one minute ago as a church, is pursue excellence in everything. So we ask questions like this. But what if it does make a difference? And what if that next step does rescue more people. What if we just come up with something crazy, call it team day, and it's the God answer for somebody and builds a community and gets them involved with somebody who could be the greatest lifeline and friendship they've ever had that's going to help them go across. And what if it does matter? You know what? And What if if my prayer does get answered today? And what, you know what, as a matter of fact, what if I what keeping my mouth closed a little bit longer? It actually does matter in brain healing situation. What happens, you know what, what if a little bit of extra hospitality, what if a little bit of extra kindness, what if a little bit of extra consideration and extra listening to someone, it makes all the difference in them discovering who Jesus is and who they are in Christ today. What if? And I'm personally, I can say this, I am, man, I'm so grateful for people who took what if steps. I'm thankful for people who took what-if steps and made tapes back in the day. I remember this is a little while back. I remember we were on our way home, 28, 30-some-hour drive. We had left at 1 p.m. We we're on our way back, and it's about 1 a.m. coming home, and we're coming somewhere across the Colorado, New Mexico border, heading for home. And I purposely, before we left, I took tapes. I had one of those new to me vehicles that had CD and a tape option. Remember when that was cool? And uh it, like I cracked up, Chelsea said, You remember growing up in church and they always said don't get out your phone? I was like, nah, my parents never said that. <laughs> I was seventeen and she was I, I actually I was seventeen or eighteen and first access I had to a phone was like don't only use it for emergencies, it's 25 cents a minute. <laughs> you know? And it didn't come out of the car. It was stuck, it was to the floor, it had a little handle going from the floorboard. But uh, but even then, you could say, oh, I didn't hear the phone ring. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I remember I'm coming home on this, uh, listening to tapes, and I'm thinking, I need something to keep awake." I've been driving a while, we've had some long nights, long days. And so everybody went to sleep, and not everybody in my car appreciates me putting on some preaching stuff or something that I like to listen to. So I had to wait until everybody dies down and falls asleep from exhaustion that I get to enjoy. And so I'm listening, and it was this man called Matt Gober. His name was Matt Gober. He's passed away now, and uh, he had this ministry that he started called Canaan Land Ministries in Autogaville, Alabama. And it was a ministry. It was a drug rehab, rehabilitation, restoration program. And so anyway... He's, he was some of his old sermons I found and since nobody else had tapes and their stuff I took them and I'm listening I remember and he shared he in the middle of a story he's talking about this this man on the side of the road they were doing some community service project part of the Canaan land was and they were picking up trash on the side of the road and there was a particular man in the ministry at that time who needed some money. I don't remember what it was. Some sort of financial need is 100 or $200. You know, it went, may not seem like that big a deal, but when you when you don't have $10, $100, or $200, it's really big, you know? And so he was looking for it, and he comes—he picked up trash and he finds a $10 bill. Well, you know, 10 out of 100 is pretty good. You're, 10, you're, you're 10% of the way there. You just need to find nine more of them, you know? And so, and he picks it up, and this is what Matt Gover said. It says, but, he had been hanging around the right people, and he and he had learned walk with, as Proverbs thirteen twenty says, walk with the wise and become wise. The rest of that verse says, for a companion of fool suffers harm. But all he capitalized on was that walk with the wise and become wise. And he began and he shared the story of this man who picked it up and he picked up that. 10, and even though he needed all 10 of it to go towards, he's like, nope, but I'm going to tie 10% of this, and then I'll hold back the rest. And then how God provided the miracle and everything was done. But something about that walk with the wise and become wise just like the dagger in my heart of spiritual good. It was something I can remember somewhere around that 2003 time frame as well, 2004 maybe, that just hung with me and would not let go. It's still something that I carry today. It's, if someone radiates wisdom, if it's wreaking off their life, I immediately want to get closer. I'm like, let let me take you out to eat, let me send you a gift, let me let me pay your car note, whatever it takes. Let me, I, I want. How can I get in, into a, some sort of friendship here with you? How can I know you? I want to know you. That's why we are also part of a a family of churches. It's called destiny. Destiny is a network, a covenant family of churches, 700 something churches around the country. And we get to do a whole lot more together. And as there was a day that used to happen that we knew in order to reach the people that God has called us to reach, the magnitude He's called us to reach. We were going to have to be a church that was the kind of church that raised people up and could equip them on a very professional and strategic level for what God had called them to do. And, uh, and so, I, a few years ago, I went, I traveled to River of Life, and I met with Pastor David Phillips out of the blue. I'd never met him before. I just saw, I saw the fruit. And so I emailed one day, I was like, man, I'd love to meet with you if you'd give me the time of day. And he called me back a little a few days later, and he gave me more than that. He gave me, he gave me like three hours that day, and he gave me so many friendships and relationships and people that I can't even keep up with. But one of the things he told me in leaving that day, he said, Danny, he said, he said, "You need to be a part of destiny." He said, "We're a part of destiny. You need to be a part of destiny. You need some covering, and you need you need some uh, oversight, and you need you need somebody. You know what? You you need family, and y'all y'all don't need to be out there alone." And so I just like, you know what? If he's saying it, then I believe it. And I looked into it, and we there we jumped off all in there full fledged. The result is this fall. Five people out of Cornerstone Church will be attending Destiny Leadership Institute, which is a two-year program for giving them in-depth study of the Bible and then preparing them how to take the, all the wisdom and the Word of God that they're taking. And the second year is focusing on how to serve other people for the kingdom of God and see people reached as a result of what they got the first semester. Yeah. That's awesome. That's things that we would not have had if we wouldn't have just made a step and saw the wisdom reeking off somebody. But there's something about you know what, walk with the wise and become wise. And no doubt, we live in a time there is a lot of accessible knowledge. anybody anybody ever just rescued their car off the side of the road or got their finger stuck out of something between when you reached in like a monkey in a jar kind of thing, didn't know, but you pulled up YouTube and it showed you how, you know. You cut your bank, your kid cut the bangs too short, and it was the middle of the night, and you were embarrassed because the grandma was coming tomorrow and was going to tell you what a sorry parent you were. But you went to YouTube, and they showed you how to smooth that baby out, you know? You know, they're, they're lifesavers over and over and over. And no doubt we live in a time with a lot of accessible knowledge. But I wonder, has wisdom, though, become rare? Like, we know more about what is happening all over the world than ever before. And yet it seems we can be more divided than ever in history, doesn't it, on a global scale? I mean, it, it causes me and this generation to wonder, were there ever really times that we did learn from others? Or have we just been all making all this up trying to build our own show? I mean, it almost seems like make-believe sometimes because we live in a day of listening for the differences to criticize rather than the significant things that would unite us. A person can, even in a church world, a person can leave and it can get mad and be gone and forever just walk away from Christ because they walk away from a church because there was one little thing come up and like, oh, I don't like the translation of the Bible they read. I don't think that's right. Well, Jesus didn't use that translation either. Neither did he use the one we're using. It's all been changing. But, Really, can we look for things more to unite on, like God sent His only Son to whosoever believeth would have eternal life; it would not perish. Can, can we can we can we agree that God did not send His world His Son to the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him may be saved? Can, can can we can we hang there and then we can work out the differences after that, but we can work to reach you know what lost people, which is way more worth fighting for. Than anything we fight over. For my 35 or a year older, isn't it amazing how much we used to know? You know, maybe maybe you're like, hey, I'm eighty, I'm 40 and I still know it all. Well, one day, <laughs> how much you used to know, we'll learn. But I remember, I remember in my younger days, wanting I was ready to move out of my own. I'd been in my parents' house since the day I was born and I was ready to go. I'd never ventured out. And my parents, you know, at that phase, they bought the groceries. We learned what a valuable tool that was. They paid the utilities. We learned how beautiful that was. We, we, you know, and, but, and, of course, because they bought the groceries and they paid the utilities, well, my response was I had a nice truck and i had good mud grips and i had good pipes you know i wanted i wanted my cool points and so i was my, my parents they bought the things that mattered i got the things that didn't so i'm paying my 165 a month of insurance, I'm paying my 363 a month truck note, I'm getting 12 miles to the gallon on a, on a 25, 30 mile one way trip that I'm taking every day to go to, to work, and then you know what, also I'm riding on a set of $540 tires, not because I needed them, I could have gotten new tires for about 300 but you wouldn't have heard me coming, you wouldn't have heard that. Whoa whoa, 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 whoa! You know, coming down the road, and then I, you know, and so we dropped hundreds after hundred after hundred chain of pipes because I wanted to make sure when I left. Also, you heard me <laughs> here going the other way, and I was rolling in the dough, y'all, ready to move out of my own. I had finally moved up to the place where I was making four digits before the before the decimal point. In a single month, I was a uh, whopping one thousand two hundred dollars. And I was ready to own anything put in front of me. I was on salary, y'all. Salary. You just don't know how good it is to work for your parents. It's rolling. $1,200 a month. But you know what? I was rolling, so you know what? As long as my parents were paying for what mattered, what the result was, I continued to spend money on what didn't. So I wanted my own place, and I remember my mom was gracious enough one day after hearing me talk like this for a while. She sat down with me. I can remember at, at a dining table, and she said, well, let's figure it out. Let's see if you can do it. I was looking at a piece of land in Jonesville at the time, and a place I could put a trailer and all this kind of stuff. And and she said, let's see, let's see if you can work it out. And I said, okay. So we, she said, I was like, how are we going to do this? And she wrote down. She said, well, how much do you make a month? $1,200. Put that on one side. So, alright, Let's start from there. On the other side, on the other side, this is what your bills are going to be. We started off like twelve hundred. She's like, "Okay, what's first? I said, "Well, I give two hundred of it a month to the church," and Todd, two hundred. Okay. Boom. There's a thousand. She said, "Then, when we hit. How much is your insurance? It's one hundred sixty-three. Okay. How much? How much is your truck now? That's three sixty-three. How much are you spelling gas? Ah, average. I don't even remember what it was, but." said okay you're going to buy a land for x amount you get a mobile home this that and that kind of insurance you can bank note it'll probably be right anyway when we got down to the bottom of it zero <laughs> like like we weren't going to eat <laughs> and we not going to weren't going to travel anywhere you know we we're going to have we we're going to be parked in the driveway just hanging out and have nothing you know what so she wrote that down so good the way she did it just to survive was going to be $1,200 at that time. I wish I could survive over $1,200 right now. But walk with the wise and become wise. My mom did not have to say, Danny, you can't afford it, you fool. She did not have to say, "You need this is what you need to do, or this is something else you need to do. You know what she did? She did something what wise people do. She showed me. She showed me my need, and she showed me my lack without ever incriminating me and making me feel the lesser of it. A little time went by, and i was riding back and forth to work, and I realize, I'm like, it is stupid for me to sink $528 a month just to drive a vehicle. So I sold it. I worked a real good deal. I sold it, paid it off, and the guy that I sold to, he said, I got a little Zuzu truck that I'll swap you for the difference. I was like, I'll take it. And so I got this little Zuzu truck that was dented up and had looked like somebody had and shot it in the back part of it, and you know what? And it, you know, what? I didn't have four wheel drive anymore. It didn't matter if it got stuck. It was a suzuki. You could pick it up, and move it. You know, and keep going. It was, it was all right. You know, if anybody wanted to ride with me, they could. They could ride. But two people was a crowd. But you know what? Me and that little standard, we're just nya, nya, we're going. You could put a lot more tires on for spare. It, it was low maintenance. Good. I don't know what the miles of the gallon was, but I know I enjoyed it. You know, wisdom. A little while later, the result was, my insurance also dropped to $63 a month. So the result was, it was not long, time went by, that I was able to purchase a mobile home. And then I was I was at a place, I was purchasing a mobile home that I could not yet afford to live in, but I wanted to have something paid down pretty good by the time I got married, whenever that would come. And so, God graced, and that did happen. We were almost paid for home in full by the time we got married. But, As a result, even though I was in a home that I could not afford, I had a buddy who got really, really sick. He was in the heat and AC business, and when things were good, they were good, but when he was sick, he was not able to work much, so he was cut down just way down hours, terribly, terribly sick for a long time. And so I was like, I, I just knew God was leading on my heart to to help him. And I said, Hey, would you like me to move into your house? I'll share the, I'll split the rent, pay half the rent, and pay half the utilities for you. Take some burden off your back. He said, Man, come tonight. You know. So we did, I did, and lived with him for about four months, and, and paid multiple things, and helped helped out, got to do a Jesus thing. But I remember, you know what? Here's what I learned: wisdom will take you places that you can't go otherwise, and wisdom will provide provision. Beyond what you can imagine. But wisdom will enable you to do far more than we can imagine. But wisdom will not give us everything we think we need immediately. It's not a lottery ticket with winning numbers. Wisdom will enable us to see and do far more than we can imagine. But wisdom will not give us everything that we think we need immediately. I said my mom used great wisdom that night. Because she knew what I didn't, and she used great wisdom in the way that she showed me and helped me to see. But here's a question. What is wisdom? I mean, like, is it smartness? Eh, Yes and no. Wisdom described is like this. It's the quality of having experience, knowledge, everybody say and, and good judgment. It's no either or. It's all with an and. Another way to describe wisdom is this it is the soundness of an action or a decision with regard to the application of experience, knowledge, and good judgment. And good judgment. Experience is another word for action done over time. It's what wisdom is this, it's it's what experience gives, it's what knowledge enables. It's what good judgment reveals. And then it's just knowing how to apply it. Today, from this point forward, what we're going to do is we're going to describe the the what, the why, the how, and the cost of obtaining wisdom. And maybe you came here today and you're saying, you know what, Dan, I don't need that. I need something that's going to get me through. I've got pressure going on. I need something that's going to build up my faith, going to build up my courage, going to build up my confidence in who God is. I need something that's going to set me straight, that's going to get my emotions in line, and get my faith in the right place, and get me to see my God is bigger than any mountain that is in front of me. I need, I need this is what I need. I came in. I came saying, God, give me some kind of answer today. And my reply to that is, there is nothing beyond salvation that is more liberating. Nothing passed when the Holy Spirit comes and takes residence inside of a person that is more liberating, equipping, and confidence building in who God is as embracing the wisdom that only He alone can give. There's nothing. His wisdom is able to do this. You read it throughout the Word of God over and over. They don't win wars through power. They win wars through the wisdom God gives them in any situation. When three hundred people can walk up into a town and they can divide into three packs of a hundred to take out twenty thousand plus of people who hate their guts and are very much overpowering them, it takes wisdom. God's plan for you is wisdom. Wisdom it heals broken lives. It has people coming up and to Jesus and saying, when He's saying, "Do you want me to heal heal your son?" and He says, "Lord, I want to believe, but help my unbelief." It takes some wisdom. So if we get into places where we find our brokenness healed, wisdom will defeat all fear. Wisdom will set people free all around us. And God's plan for us is to obtain wisdom. So what if we gain wisdom today? What if we gained more? What if we ran into somebody today and they're like, well, I know you in church, so what happened to church? Today? Man, I gained some wisdom, y'all. And they're like, oh, cool. All right, have a good day. You want to go eat? And it may be blown over in just a moment, but you know what? Sounds crazy, but give it a few years and it'll be the very same people who are coming back to you seeking counsel and guidance on an area they're in that God can use to minister through you to them. Jesus said it like this, John 7, 35. Wisdom is shown to be right by the lives by all her children. Wisdom is proved right by all her children. In other words, wisdom may look crazy on the front side, but it's proved right on the back side. Wisdom is shown right. It's the evidence in the lives of those who follow it. So let's break it down. Where do we find wisdom? Where do I find wisdom? Because we all know where to find opinions, right? Sorry, let me go get a couple of them. You know, we let me go through my text. I'm not even going on social media. Uh, you know, where do we find, we know where to find opinions. But where do we find wisdom? And What about, but what about what, about wisdom. Peter tells us this, that every good and perfect gift comes down from heaven, comes down from the Father of lights, in whom there is no shifting shadow. Meaning, you know what? God ain't shady on any side that you look. He's exposing light and revealing, making the path clear in every direction that we can look around Him. You know, so James 1.5 says this in, in, in a follow-up to it. So, if everything God gives is good, James talks about a good thing, being in wisdom. If any of us lacks wisdom, you should ask God, Seems pretty simple. Who gives generously to all, and I love this part, without finding fault, and it will be given to you. You know, it's pretty good that fault is not a disqualifier because it's our faults that reveal the wisdom we need. Right? It's the it's the uh oh's. It's the oh nos. It's the I can't believe I did that. If any of you likes wisdom, ask God who gives generously. I wonder, does anybody in here ever look back and realize, you know what, if I had that to do all over again, I would have done it differently now. You know, looking back, if I would have realized that what was going to happen after, I would have kept my mouth closed a little bit longer next time because it didn't make it better. It made it worse. You know what, I think probably everybody has that. And this may be shocking. I know, I know it's hard to believe, but I've been known to be quite a know-it-all. A know-it-all. Do you know what a know-it-all does? A know-it-all always feels the pressure to defend themselves against every single accusation, false or true. It does not matter. It is going to defend and prove that everybody else is wrong. It feels a need to defend. My early Christian days, for some people, it seemed like there was it was nothing I could do for them to prove anything right. Nothing. You ever have those, you, you those people in your life? No matter what you do, you, you you give them a 10, and they say, why won't you give me 20? You know, you invite them to church, and they say, why are you judging me? You know, you, you say, C- how can I help you? And they're like, why do you think I need help? You think you're better than me? You know, <laughs> you're, you're sitting in a, in a traffic stop, and the, the bridge is shut down, and it's you've been there for an hour, you're almost out of gas, so you just turn the car off, and you have to have your bottle or your phone with you out. And you open and you're reading your Bible and then that, that person's like four cards back and they see you and they're like, Oh, I'm gonna go talk to him. Oh, I can't got nothing else. But they come up and you're reading your Bible and they're like, Oh, you just self-righteous, ain't you? You're gonna read in a traffic jam. You ever had those kind of people in your life? Man, they're good. They're good. Me too. I remember I was some people that I could do no right for as I shifted from who I was to who God was creating me to be. And man, the liberty that came when I read this verse. I'm going to give you the greatest freedom ever. Proverbs 17, 28. Even fools are thought wise if they keep silent. And they're thought discerning if they hold their tongues. Even a fool is thought wise if they'll just keep the lips together. Anybody else need that word today? You know, next time the next time I was getting accused, I remember I was ready. I was like, it's coming. I can't wait. God is about to shine through this. It's going to be great, y'all. I'm not going to say anything back. And they're going to be like, Wow, you're right. I'm sorry. You're, you're loving Jesus. I just, I was ready for it, and so I was trying. And, and as they laid into me, and I'm 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 going through. Even fools are thought wise when you know their lips are closed. Even fools are thought wise their lips are closed. So I'm like I'm about to win on this one, and so I'm keeping my lips closed, and they're just berating me, man, just going at it. You know what I mean, to the point of just fuming, you know. And I'm sitting there, and I'm trying, and I'm smiling. By the way, smiling is not a good response. Because I'm just like, hey, see, it's not bothering me. I'm really pure hearted, okay? That was my thought process, but that was not how it was received. And uh, so then I was like, okay, I've got to go into a deep thought look. I've got to like, wow, thank you for telling me this. This is really helping me. I'm gaining wisdom right now. That didn't work either, by the way. I don't know what does work. But you know what? There was one thing I kept thinking the whole time, no matter what my facial expression I was trying to figure out. I knew if I keep silent, you're still going to think all those things about me. But if I open my my mouth, I might prove you're right. So I'm going to let you think of it rather than me prove it. You know what the result that I've learned? It's over time, the accusers keep leaving. It takes time, but accusers keep leaving. Accusers keep leaving. Somebody needs this. You keep silent on it. The accusers keep leaving. And the, the crowd who stands there and listens to all the accusations, they keep coming closer. Because there's something that's seen in the lips being closed that is so rare today. And you can be a bumbling, stumbling idiot, but as long as we'll keep the lips closed at the right time, I thank you the wisest person on the planet. We look wiser with our lips closed. You don't need to tell somebody that. Maybe you look better. Maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> Leave that alone. Probably wasn't wisdom behind that. God gives wisdom. But here's the question. What will wisdom cost? Wisdom is expensive. But I love that in the revealing of the expense, it also reveals the humor of God. Proverbs 9, 7 says this. It goes, the beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. How five somebody. You can tell them that. Get some wisdom. Get wisdom. The beginning of wisdom is get wisdom. Alright, I got that. God, thanks. He made it plain, clear. His word is a lamp unto our feet. I mean, it's right there. But it says, though it cost you all you have, get understanding. Whoa. Here's the other side. If we don't get wisdom, it's still going to cost all we have. Obtaining wisdom cost everything that's destructive not obtaining wisdom will cost every good and precious gift that God has planned for us that is beyond what we can imagine today it's a block it's God God sends that we're just too too foolish to notice or take take hold of it. I realize the word wisdom can sound like a parent or a teacher that seems to be know-it-all answered by pointing out our lack of knowing. Can't believe it, you idiot. You don't know this. Golly, here it is. It's so obvious. I realize that wisdom can sound like a college professor or a boring one-hour talk of, of like 12 pages in a book of somebody that just really loves it, and you're like, who cares? And once in New Orleans, of all places, I believe I came as close as I ever have to going into a mental hospital. Literally, either that or jail or both. I don't know. Um, And I used to uh, sell insurance. And so we had to do this thing every couple of years called continuing education, which translated meant you've got to pay money to go somewhere, to sit there for a couple of days and have people talk about a whole bunch of stuff that they're really passionate about, but you really don't care about because you're saying, I'm trying to click off my clock so I can go back home. And so we're in New Orleans, and I remember the guy's just passionate. It's 24 hours over about a two-and-a-half-day period. And sometimes you can take a test, but I always fail tests. so I quit taking them. And you, you had to... Just really he was passionate. He was in. You had to have somebody passionate teaching because nobody else cared. And and they could quote off form numbers and stuff like this out of a book like this according to CG00365, the 97 edition, not the 99, because the 99 they took a they took out the common, they placed it a period, and it completely changed the definition. But none of you are on the 99 edition, so we're gonna talk about the 97 edition of CG00263B. And it's like and I, this is going on and on. And I am sitting there literally in the hotel room, conference room in New Orleans, And this is what's going through my mind for a solid day. I wonder what would happen. I'm like two rows back from the teacher. I wonder what would happen if I just grabbed this binder. I'm, I'm, like, I'm like blood red all day. So if I just grabbed this binder and I just picked it up and I slung it at him. And I was like, who cares? And I ran out. I wonder what would happen. That's what I really wanted to do. But, and I really think to this day, the only reason I didn't do that is because my dad was sitting beside me and I didn't want him to look bad. Um, but he was all I could do. And I realized sometimes wisdom, the, the talk of wisdom can sound just that bad. Like, ah, I don't understand that stuff anyway. And it sounds boring. And this is how, that's how wisdom used to resonate with me. Because I was like, let's live life, let go, let the good times roll, let's figure it out, you know what, live by the spur of the moment, see what happens. But watch what wisdom really gives a person in James 3.17. Watch it, it says, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all, pure. Meaning, it's not arrogant, it doesn't have anxiety attached to it, it's not fearful, it's not worried. Because it's just pure. It's pure hearted It's, But that's just the beginning because then it becomes peace loving. It's not one to throw binders at people and yell. It's not, it's loving. It's not, it's peace loving. It's not riled up. And then it's considerate. And if that's not enough, you know, wisdom being considerate and being thoughtful, it continues on. I mean, can you see the character of Christ in this really? The wisdom of God is the wisdom of Christ. It is, we, according to Corinthians, we have been given the mind of Christ. We are a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. It goes on and says, then it's submissive. Wisdom is revealed always in the posture of a servant. Wisdom is, then it goes on, It's filled with peace. When I'm walking the second mile, even though somebody asked me just to walk one with them, Wisdom is okay not being over-congratulated on everything that goes on and not having hurt feelings if I'm not. Wisdom's okay with that. It continues and it says, Wisdom is full of mercy. Wisdom is full of good fruit. This is God's stuff. I love how this goes on. Watch this. It's also impartial. It could say on the beginning, but it wouldn't mean near as much as it means on the end. Because, see, when it says impartial, what it's saying is, it's not pure, peace loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit just to gain favor. It's impartial. It's pure heartedly given. No favoritism seeking. And it continues, if that's not enough, it says, it's sincere. It has genuine care attached to it. Knowledge is easy to find. You know what to learn, though? Wisdom is easy to recognize. Would you agree that knowledge is easy to find but wisdom is easy to recognize because without having to even look for it it's easily recognizable because it's so attractive when we see it, can you imagine when you run into somebody who is just pure hearted, peace loving, considerate every time you're around, man, they're not trying to tell you, they're listening, they're taking in, there's a the submissiveness that's going on, that they always have mercy towards anything you say or do, you know, there's good fruit, you see the evidence of God all in their lives, they're not showing favoritism anywhere they go, that it's very sincere, isn't that the kind of people just like, man, let me get more of that. It's the, it's the, never mind, I won't go there. Wisdom is easy to recognize. A week ago, a week and a half ago, or so we were at the Destiny Gathering and someone had spoke for a few moments from the stage. There was a panel of about 12 or 14 people. And they just asked them all one question. They all answered that one question. And there was all all of it was great. It was awesome. It was good. Uh, but there was just one particular couple when it was all over. As soon as that session ended, Callie reached over and she grabbed me. I sat beside her and she's like, we need to meet them. And we need to have them pray for us. There are people on a stage away from us. We don't know them from anybody. And they're greatly older in years us. she's like, we got to know them. Like, I, I just really, this is a burden. We got to. They weren't charismatic. But when they spoke, it was like this river of wisdom. The way it was just recognizable and attractive. Does anybody else in here need wisdom? The kind of wisdom that comes from God? I'm serious. I'm about to ask a very, very, very serious question. We're going to give a very, very serious answer. That if you, if you wish, and if you take it, I, with my life on the line, by the authority of God, believing according to that His word is true, from cover to cover even the table of contents works out just on the right page, believing it to the, to the core that God created every single person with a purpose, a plan a destiny, that he is able to do abundantly above anything we ask or even imagine, that He, you are indeed, as, as Jesus as Paul says in Ephesians, you are God's masterpiece, created a new, brand new in Christ Jesus to do the good works that he planned for you, way before creation ever began he had the plan for you, and it was plans for good works the whole time, good works always work out good and I believe you know what that Jesus gave his son on the cross to reveal the things that we are about to reveal I'm not asking I'm, I'm going to just have hold your voice for mouth, because I'm not asking for a courtesy yes whatsoever in what I'm about to ask but also I'm going to give an answer that I guarantee you 100% if you'll take it to heart walk out the door life will never ever 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 be the same you'll never talk to somebody the same we'll never hear anybody the same and there will be an understanding that comes out of God's word that will be different and more clear and it will be more clearly from the Holy Spirit than ever before and that's a big bold stuff bunch of sayings to say but it's true and so I'm going to lead into it right now very seriously when I ask the question and just I'm asking you to answer this part in your mind does anybody in here need wisdom But if you desire to have wisdom that is good, that is from God, that creates a life that is pure, that has a life that is full of peace, that is considerate, that is submissive, that provides a life that is full of mercy with all the good fruit of God that comes with it. If you would love to gain the wisdom, that you would love to be free of partiality and emotions and no worries because it was absolutely to the core of the heart Sincere, if that is you, and it's your honest, heartfelt desire, if that sounds like the peace that you crave in these last few moments, would you just stand right where you are? And we're going to pray, but first we got to give we got to give the equation. It's big. I'm going to give you. Don't bring this up too quickly. I'm going to give four steps that answer the very reason you stood up. You can write them down. You can take a picture of them. You can copy them. You can say, God, I trust you with this. Whatever that step is. But without a doubt, four steps when you walk away. If you'll, if you'll hang with these four. Instant. Walking in the wisdom and the counsel of God. Four steps. Ready? You have to accept it, or it's only wishful thinking. It kicks off, I want to read a, a verse to you first Proverbs 1 7. It says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. The fear of the Lord is the beginning. It's the reverence, it's the awe, it's the wonder, it's the acknowledgement. It's like Clay Russell talked about a couple few weeks back when he was here that, you know what? God doesn't want to be the top of everything we do. He wants to be the center of every part of our being and everything in our life. Because when He's the center, everything, everything revolves around the thrall. The fear, of God. To understand, God. The only reason I'm here is because of you. It's only your mercy. The reason I've made it through so many things is only still because you're here. It's miraculous that I'm here. The fact that my parents even kept me around for as long as it's a miracle. It's you, God. Every I would not have breath in my lungs. Would never been born. Would never been created. There would be no plan if it was not for you. You would not have sent your son if you did not love me so much. It is you, God. All the adoration. In all my reverence, in all my awe you at the center, the throne of my heart in every way. Step one: the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Can you pull up the? You can pull up the rest of it now. It rolls on. Number two is this. It comes from Proverbs 19:20. Proverbs 19:20 says this. Listen to advice and accept discipline. And at the end, you will be counted among the wise. At the end, not in the beginning, not in the middle. Listen to advice and accept discipline. In the end, you'll be counted among the wise. One of the greatest tools with my wife, she said, we need to meet them. You know, I took her advice. Didn't know the man is in part of a renewal restoration in our country and is one of a group of eight people that sits at the desk with the president on leading a lot of things that is fighting for religious liberties in our country. It takes a lot of wisdom to move just from Texas to Washington and to get into the influence of our country. I'm glad I listened to my wife's advice. And accept discipline. At the end, you'll be coming out of my Lastly is this. If you thought the first two were tough, it's just being faithful to the number one through three over time. It comes out of Job 12.12. 12. Job 12.12 12 says, It's not wisdom found among the aged. Does not long life bring understanding. Experience is wisdom. is gives wisdom over time. Experience gives wisdom over time. Think of some past events that you would do differently today. And what if wisdom would have prevailed rather than reaction? But you know what? Regardless, it's in the past. It's done. You know what? If you trust in Jesus Christ, it's under the blood. It's cleansed. We're not going to deal with it anymore. We just use it as, a, as an acknowledgement to say, if I had known Jesus then, I would have done differently then. But I know Jesus now, so what I did then is no more. But I make a decision today. But what if the remainder, what if, what if, what if, what if the remainder of our life was a wisdom-filled life from the throne of God filled with the character of Christ that we would know God, accept, listen to and accept correction, embrace that the time. Here's what happened with wisdom. When we go, we'll go with steps one through three, Wisdom is revealed over time. You know what? The lack of wisdom costs us time. But the gaining of wisdom is actually what gives gives value and gives us more time. The the gaining of wisdom is what adds to that time doesn't take away from it. So everything that happens in the journey as we are reverence of God, as we are listening to advice, as we are willing to accept discipline or correction, as we walk in those three, over time, you know what every one of those is like, that's something I learned today, that's the experience I gained today, and I learned to put knowledge and understanding and sound judgment all together. And this is what God, I know it sounds so simple, but God didn't make His way hard. So if we're bold enough to let go of our opinions and to accept His will, and we're bold enough to say you know what I'm not just saying I know God's working on me but we're bold enough to say I'm surrendering myself for God to have his way fully with me that everything Jesus died for is covered so everything he was resurrected for I want to walk in that he wasn't resurrected for nothing we're going to pray And we're going to close that with a powerful worship time. I want to encourage you. This is time to come to the altar. There's going to be a salvation team up front. You know what? Today, you're giving your life to You're like, you know what? The first thing to I me, mean, I've never put God, I've never put the Son of God, Jesus Christ, at the center of my life. I've, I've always had enough Jesus to be good and enough of me to do what I want. But today, I want to surrender everything I am to the King. Today, I want to place myself under His authority and under His direction. I want to be a child of God and have that confidence grow and who he is and the wisdom that he gives and this is the time to come and meet with the salvation team who wants nothing more than love you and pray with you and walk this journey with you and they have tools that will help you after you leave but as we pray I'm going to encourage just to encounter in a worship time they're going to go by the lyric through it and just more passionately and reaching out and hands to heaven just God everything you have is everything I'm seeking I want to see everything I'm asking to be willing to receive everything you want to give me and give me your character To guide me by your spirit to carry it also with your humility in everything that you pour out of my life. Lord Jesus, I thank you for every person in here. I thank you for boldness. I believe this to be the most wise, raising up generation of people that I've ever seen. God, with your wisdom, it won't end all accusations, but it will definitely attract a crowd to you that is listening to the accuser wondering if there's any truth. Lord, may they see truth in us. May they see that you are love, You are forgiving. That the cross does. It meant more than just a moment. It creates a brand new life and the power of Christ, God that raised Christ from the dead and lives inside of us. I pray may there be boldness to keep the lips closed when they need to be closed. And to realize any discipline or correction from somebody who is radiating wisdom always speaks for our good and your glory. Lord, may we have a heart that is more after you than ever before. And someone is receiving you, may they have the boldness to step out and say, That's me. And give their life radically to Christ today. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Yeah.